This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back to Now with Dave Brown. I'm Alex Smythe filling in for Dave, who's still away on vacation. We're happy to have Amy Amanti join us with her commentary on the Netflix limited series, The Inside Man. Amy is also the host of the AMI original podcast called Accessing Art with Amy. And she joins us now from Vancouver. Hey, Amy, how's it going? Hey, good morning, Alex. So you wanted to talk about uh, this miniseries, The Inside Man. What's it all about? Yeah, The Inside Man, four-part miniseries. I actually have to tell you, Alex, I'm really loving miniseries these days because you can just binge it and it's good. To, you're good to go, right? Yeah. Um, in The Inside Man, we have a convicted con man who is on... He's not a con man, rather. He's a murderer. He's on death row. And um, he tends to take these cases of other uh, folks who are... Um, uh, try, I guess trying to almost solve things in their lives. So like a politician might come in and say, something fishy is going on in my family and I don't know what's happening. And so they'll tell this story to Grief, who's our, our lead character, and Grief will sit there and try and sort of uh, navigate the puzzle and say, well, it's obvious. This is what's happening, right? So this is kind of what he does to fill his pastime uh, within the context of being a, a prisoner on death row. And then... You know, that doesn't necessarily sound like a drama thriller, but what happens is we start to see the unfolding of characters through this this theatrical container, is what we would call it, how something is packaged uh, for presentation. Well, you mentioned characters. So uh, who's in the cast? Who who are some of the members that make up this, uh, this cast? And, and who were some of the uh, performers that really stood out to you? Yeah, so we've got uh, David Tennant, um, who is uh, uh, playing one of our characters, not in a prison cell, um, and uh, a really very well-known and well-situated actor within the industry. And, of course, we've got Stanley Tucci, um, who most people may know, who's a North American actor. Um, Devil Wears Prada, for example. He also has a really great uh, series um, on TV at the moment that is about him touring Italy and trying different foods in different regions of Italy, as Stanley Tucci is Italian. <laughs> Uh, so he's also in this, and he plays Grief. And um, Dolly Wells plays Janice. And there's an interesting relationship between uh, uh, Janice and uh, the priest, who is played by David Tennant. And so there's this story that's happening uh, while there is this container of Grief, our main character, trying to figure out this story. And I don't want to give too much away, but it's kind of an interesting look at human beings. But this also means that the characters have to be compelling and have to be interesting. And so from an acting perspective, you know, Stanley Tucci delivers every time. And what's interesting to me about Stanley Tucci is that he often feels very much the same in every character he's done. Um, and, and a lot of times, you know, we kind of frown on this because you think an actor is a one trick pony, but actually if you are very consistent and you don't have to do um, a lot of work that sort of over uh, over characterizes uh, you, you're actually quite a solid performer because you are who you are and you're showing up in the role, um, if that makes sense. So we, we see some 
actors who um, take on different personas for each character and can do that really well. We have some actors who come into roles who are very much themselves taking on uh, the embodiment of a character. So it's kind of two different approaches to acting. I think what, they all did a really strong job in building relationships between these characters. Well, yeah, exactly. And as you mentioned, it's like, well, this is, you, you still know it's Stanley Tucci doing uh, doing the role and, and, and playing the character, but he's able to naturally still bring himself into the character, which, you know, a lot of actors can't do. They have to lose themselves in, in these different characters, whereas this one, you, you can still see him as being Stanley Tucci, but still being able to play within this role and in this world. So that's really, really exciting to, to hear. Now, in terms of the the cast as an ensemble, how do they they work together? Is it a good mix? Is it a good chemistry between all the different actors? Yeah, there's a really nice a really nice chemistry, and um, for the most part of this series, these folks as characters never actually meet. They do at one instance, um, but for the most part, they have to do their character building without doing scenes uh, together. In some cases. So that's also a tricky thing when you think about um, how those relationships happen when you're not, you know, doing a scene where you're face to face with somebody. Um, again, when we think about our character Grief being uh, on death row, he is in, confined to a jail cell. He's got a really good friend on the inside who is um, uh, also on death row. And so there's a nice character dynamic between those two because they're two very different style of murderers. Um, and, and what we get from the other character is um, this like fun-loving, jolly, happy, almost clowny kind of effect. And he's actually murdered 14 women, right? Like it's, it's quite an interesting thing to see uh, unfold on a screen in front of you. Now, Amy, do we do we need to start getting worried about you? You, you keep bringing these films uh, <laughs> forward that have a lot of uh, murderers and, and things like that and it's weird split personalities. Are you trying to tell us something here? Yeah, that's right. I, um, I, I think what, for me, I find, Alex, that this kind of character building is really interesting. Now, there's no real blood and guts and gory. We don't get to see any of these murders that these, and this is just part of a backstory, right? By the time we meet these characters, they've been on death row for a while. And, um, and it's just part of the, the, the building of the world, right? So we're not, we're not going back to see any um, of their past. It's all about what's happening with the character of the priest and the character of Janice uh, that is paralleling this story within this, again, I, I refer to it as a container. It's a very, it's a word we use a lot in theater and in, in television as kind of the aesthetic for what's happening. Okay, very fair. I'll let you off the hook this time, but maybe next time eh, I may have some more questions. Well, I might have a holiday show coming up next, <laughs> okay. so we're all good there. I, I Hopefully one without murder. But uh, So this this uh, uh, miniseries is described as a thriller drama. Would you say that's an accurate uh, description for the genre? You know what? I I was surprised to see it marketed as a thriller drama. I mean, I don't... Drama, yeah, drama makes sense. But I don't get a lot of thriller out of this. Um, uh, you know, thriller to me and means that my brain is running a mile a minute. Maybe there's car chases and action and there's all sorts of... That's not what kind of film this is. This is a... Or a series this is. This is a, a BBC series. Um, and they're very good at thriller dramas. But this one is a little bit more subdued. It's really... It's really the observation of humans from my perspective. I think that this is a, a, a an interesting way of witnessing human behavior. 
well, then potentially is the thriller coming from the content itself that we are exploring murderers in and their perspectives on death row that that's where you're really taking the thriller and that that struggle between what does it mean to be good what does it mean to be evil i suppose um when we sort of get deep into the character of grief um i think that's a funny name for a character grief um because when i first heard it i thought uh, i heard it in the description and i thought who's grieving who i don't understand uh, but that's the character's name is grief and um uh when we f- the question that is happening, that is unfolding in front of us all through this mechanism of storytelling is anybody, any of us can be a murderer. So we've got one, you know, the one character that is a, you know, that I referenced that murdered 14 people. Um, that is like a psychological narcissist, narcissistic, like, you know, how we classify murder. But the average everyday human who is grief found himself in a situation where a murder took place. And what he is saying and and what we are watching as a parallel is that anybody put in the wrong situation at the wrong time can be almost compelled or uh, make a series of wrong decisions that can put you on death row. Um, And as a human, I sit back and I think, oh my gosh, I would never consider that I could be a murderer, but I have never been put in a situation where I've been tested. Um, so that's the interesting dynamic, and maybe that's where the thriller bit comes in. Absolutely. Now, you did mention this is a miniseries. Uh, there, it's a four-part series. Do you, do you think that there's going to be more uh, more future iterations and, and uh, future uh, parts coming, or is this kind of so self-contained that it's the four four parts and then it's over? Yeah, you know, in all the reading I did, I couldn't find a um, a statement that said, oh my gosh, we're going to do more. Um, but it does seem to be rather nicely contained. Uh, beginning, middle, and end within these four one-hour episodes. Okay, and, and in terms of the uh, description, how was it uh, for this uh, four-part series? Well, you know, my, my diversity soapbox uh, is, is something that I like to ride a lot. I think it's so important that uh, folks that um, don't have the privilege of sight, again, we live in a sighted world, have access to knowing what the diversity is on screen. And um, anyway, so I, the description for me was, uh, was very well done. It was well crafted. And um, I think in this one, there's a lot of really interesting choice of sentence structure, which really appealed to me. Sometimes description is a lot of, they do this, they do that, they do this. And we get into more of the the describing of blocking, which is not important um, because it doesn't really serve the work. And so this uh, has a nice balance of being able to package the description in a way that really serves the story. Well, I'm sure too, for, for yourself, you, you, you want to get more of that rich color as much as you, you can. So any any description that doesn't take away from, from the actual relevancy to the story can always always help as well then. Good description is good for everybody. And it almost should be so seamless that it doesn't distract you from the storytelling. And when I know description has missed the mark for me, I'm, I'm hung up and I remember mm. certain things. So now, of course, since I have the privilege of being watching uh, streaming things instead of being in a theater... Um, I can stop, I can pause, I can take a note about something I really liked or really, I thought, doesn't fit with the framework of description. Um, so this one has a really nice sort of flow to it and fits in nicely with the world. And so I, I want to get your final thoughts. How how would you rate this film? 
or I not film, this... uh, sorry, uh, yeah. short series. I mean, I suppose it's a film. If you think about it as a four-hour film, I binged it like it was a film. Um, so I gave it a nine out of ten. I think there's a lot of really wonderful merits to this, um, and I and I really enjoyed the container and the parallel storytelling and the idea of being able to watch human beings in a situation unfold that's a little bit beyond their control. And what is compelling to everybody as a human being is this series of poor decision-making that, you know, that's like that, what do they call that? The tangled web you weave. When you start to go down this, this trail of one lie to another lie to another lie, where at the very beginning, if you had just told the truth, you know, you, you could have avoided this whole thing. But as humans, we tend to try and, you know, I don't know, cover stuff up, even if it's at the beginning, a very white, innocent lie. Absolutely. You keep digging yourself in a further hole. Amy, That's thank right. you. Thank you so much for chatting with me today, bringing this uh, miniseries to my attention. I'm definitely going to check it out now. Check it out, Alex. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.